0: Love, talk, radio. All right, welcome back to the CTH podcast. We got some baseball games tomorrow. The Astros will start their World Series comeback uh I guess, do-over tour starting tomorrow, and we have Rogelio Armenteros exactly. doing uh, starting the Astros off, and wow. This has been a great week. It's been a great week of introduction to spring training. We get to know a lot more about the plans. So it sounds like Gaddis is going to be catching a lot more than we thought he would. And they may carry a third catcher just because. And uh, A.J. Reed has reported to camp a lot lighter. And uh, Martez is looking great, so there's a lot of good stuff to talk about right now. And I don't give away everything, but welcome to another edition of the CGH Podcast. Uh, we would like you to get involved as well. So if you'd like to call in, go and call in at 347-850-8823, and let's talk some Astros
1: baseball. Oh, yeah. Let's let's talk some Astros baseball. Sorry, I was, I was looking at the lineup for tomorrow's uh, first spring training game yes uh, i miss baseball that much so i'm actually examining a spring training lineup so yeah hey and uh our our boy uh armenteros is starting tomorrow so that's that's always a good thing and we're going to go see uh buddy boshiers Boshir's not boshers boshers and then we also get to see i like boshers i'm getting just to say boshers <laughs> then we also have uh Guys like we're going to see guys like Bregman, Reed, J.D. Davis, Tyler White, Max Stassi, Tony Kemp. Uh, We're going to see a lot of guys: uh, Stubbs, Kyle Tucker, John Kimmer. Like you know, uh, we won't see or or listen to Springer, Altuve, or Correa tomorrow. But hey, it's great just to see actual baseball again.
0: So a lot of people are laughing at me when I said that my bold prediction is that Armatero's and Reed will have big roles with the Astros this season. What do you think?
1: I think that's actually a pretty good prediction. I think A.J. Reed has a – especially if he's, uh, by all indications, show up to camp in shape and ready to go. And Armentero's like the guy can pitch. Like his numbers last year were pretty good, and you always need pitching depth. And i like to see what he can do. So especially if he manages to impress – they were kind of singing his praise the other day when they announced he was starting tomorrow's uh, spring training game. So – I they think highly of him, and I I hope they are on the same page as uh, with AJ Reed now. So
0: yeah, and uh, for those of y'all that haven't read or heard, but um, AJ Reed and Hinch had a sit down because you know that there's some issues when one of your top prospects was not even invited, even though he's not a prospect anymore. But or is he? No, uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, so when he was not one of these September call ups, and A.J. Reed hit 34 homers and he had 104 RBIs last year in Triple A. That's George Springer like when they're just they're trying to stall time,
1: uh-huh. and that's
0: not the same case with A.J. Reed. And so A.J. Reed was like, "What? Let me just say this: W2F, <laughs> and what's going on?" And so uh, him and Hinch had a sit down, and apparently they're on the same page now. Um, Reed went ahead and cut out some stuff. Uh, he cut out alcohol. Uh, this off season, he cut off a couple other things, and he's down 25 pounds. And so, will that help him? I think so. When he was on Talking Stros like I was Tony off air, uh, he was he would say that, "Oh yeah, I got." It's hard to resist temptation with the um, the buffet they have in the in the clubhouse, and it's hard. To, like before game, you just want to go eat something, and you want to eat some more. And so when he came up the first time, he. He admitted that he gained some weight, and he, he wasn't quite the same player. But now, if he really had, I think he was at 267 less or something, I remember reading. But if he is back to kind of his old self, he's a big guy. He's a country guy. He is not a, um, he's not a, uh, what's a good, he, he's not Adam Adam ever. Let's just say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big country dude, mm-hmm. so he's never gonna be your prototypical like shortstop. But mm-hmm. um you can have big players who play baseball. Look at what Prince Fielder did for so many years. Um mm-hmm. then you also had um his dad, uh can't think of his name right now. Uh oh, Cecil Fielder. Cecil Fielder. Mm-hmm. You had um Carlos Lee.
1: Uh different position, but uh you got big sexy in Arlington now, Bartolo Colon.
0: Oh yeah, we don't talk about Rangers.
1: <laughs> Anyway,
0: so um, let's so I think Reed has the potential. He's a left-handed hitter, a power hitter, and he, he if he can learn how to hit the, in the big leagues, he could be that DH because we all know that Gaddis is probably done after this year. Uh-huh. Uh, so we have to know what's what's going on with the DH position. I know Gaddis is technically our catcher right now, but. Uh, let me ask you something, Cody.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, by the way, my name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric underscore CTH. And...
1: You can find me, Cody, at uh, uh, Cody underscore CTH. But let me ask you, Cody.
0: Who would you rather have on your roster past the five games where Gurriel was suspended, A.J. Reed or Max Stassi?
1: I have just have to go with hmm, – that's a good question. A.J. Reed, though, because I think the capability, the what he can bring – to this roster, I think, will probably outweigh what stats he'll bring, even though the Astros would probably love not to have Ed and Gass behind the plate that often, but, you know, at the same time, too, they're kind of, you know, I don't know what in the world they're going to do with Gass uh, this year, because you hear some talk, well, he's going to DH some more. He's actually DHing tomorrow's game. You also have uh, you also hear... Spring training? We're
0: talking about spring training? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry,
1: I might have yeah. that sound that I sound But, yeah, it's like, it's like one of those things where I don't know what they're going to do with Um, uh, But I really do think Reed will. Uh, I think he brings more with the bat. I think he brings more value than Stassi does. Yeah. Uh, like, if you go over to Fangrass and their Zips projections over there, if they gave. Don't pull that. Go ahead. Uh, uh, uh Yeah, I'm already down this rabbit hole. If they gave, like, AJ Reed right now, say, like, you know, 551 play appearances, like I like said, here. You know, they got him being a slightly above league average hitter, Uh, low average. He'll strike out quite a bit, walk a little bit, but he'll have power. You know, you're hoping that translates over, but you know, that's kind of what they see with AJ Reed here. So yeah, but that's yeah, I'll probably take Reed over Stassi at this point.
0: Yeah, because we still have that potential, and I don't think um, I don't think he's really been given the chance to really achieve his potential. I know we can say the same thing for John Singleton. Uh, What's another? J.D. uh, Martinez was not really given a chance with the Astros. Even though he did have that one good year, but I think they kind of moved past him pretty quickly. Yeah, they did. uh, So there's been some instances where Astros prospects have not panned out, but that's going to happen. That's why they're called prospects. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trent Woodward, uh, he's – uh, somebody who I connected with through uh, CTH and doing an interview with him. And he is now no longer a catcher. He is now in the business world. So mm-hmm. it's amazing how quickly the tide
1: can turn. Oh, yes, yes. And ironically, they still have projections for him up. <laughs> I, 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 I saw that. I saw that. That's why I don't trust that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just, it's just a, a good little guide. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where Reed, I think, this season, though, is his big opportunity to show what he can do. If it's not this year, I think mean, it's a fair question to say we will a be okay, ever.
0: If, if he doesn't he's, – he's not going to play AAA all year. He's going to probably be traded or
1: – Well, it's going to be kind of like what happened with Marco Pella a little bit. They saw the hand right on the wall a little bit there, and they said, okay, at the end of the day – you know, let's just pa- uh, package him up and trade him somewhere to get a useful piece back. It he- he won't be like the headliner, really, by what he's done in actual results. But
0: We didn't have to give up Fisher. Wasn't that what it was at the time? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was uh, uh, Derek Fisher was, uh, I believe, the name. Yeah, the
0: Astros didn't want to give him up. Mm-hmm. And so they said, hey, would you take Mark Capel? And they're like, oh, former number one pick who has trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can fix him. Uh, <laughs> two years later. Um, bye, Mark. So, yeah, it's interesting to see what happened with him, and I hate the fact, because he he's a good guy, and I'm not saying that because he was uh, religious or anything, and he just, whatever, he's hes kind of the, um, what's the football player, uh, I can't think of his name on top. Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow, yeah, he's kind of Tim Tebow of baseball, but um, I, I really wish Mark Capel a lot of luck, and he was oh. supposed to come do a CTH podcast, and then he got traded, so.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: so he got out of that, but. Guys, uh, go ahead and call in. I'm ha- I'm getting choked up right now, but if you want to call in at three four seven
1: eight
0: five zero eight eight two three, let's talk some Astros baseball. It's been two weeks since I've really talked like this, so yeah. you can you can't blame me for uh, no. losing my voice a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, that's like just one of those things when you're just looking back on some of these, uh, mm-hmm. like because the other day I-, I was looking back on that Despin article when they released all those you know trade leaks. And uh, it's just really Springer and, and Correa for Stan. Oh, yes, yes. And it was like at the time you reannounced, it's like, well, you know, that may be a good trade for the Astros. I'm like, oh, no, no. I like Stan a lot. I think he's a hell of a hitter, but, you know, at the same time, too. So our Correa is Springer. So, yeah, that's It's always fun to go back and look at that stuff and All right. reminisce.
0: You it- know what? I think you've opened the. Um... I think you've opened the Pandora's box. Uh-oh. We're talking about top prospects. we got to talk about the top prospect. So for those of y'all that have been living under a rock, uh, you may or may not have heard that Forrest Whitley has been suspended for 50 games this year. This may or may not affect his arrival. Uh, if anything, this maybe pushes it back and maybe uh, limit, gives the Astros a little bit more control over him because uh, he apparently, this is from his words, he was driving home from a basketball game, and apparently he needed something to help him drive all night. And so he took some type of stimulant that a friend gave him, and then MLB popped him for it. And there's a lot of like weird stuff going around with it. I think J.J. J. Cooper said he's going to have to investigate this because – and uh, I think uh, is getting a lawyer over it or something, just the way that it was handled and, uh, but it wasn't PEDs. This is not, um, this is not somebody who's just trying to get extra advantage. This was just somebody who made a mistake and I'm not making an excuse for him, but please people on Facebook, no, we're not going to trade Forrest Whitley because he got a suspension.
1: Oh yeah. You, uh, you know what you call this? Uh, a youthful indiscretion, you know, kind of like that type of deal. And honestly, Whitley, you know, this is a type of mistake. A young guy, you know, most of us we're we've been young once. Like we make these kind of mistakes. He just happens to hey, be. I'm him.
0: still young. I'm about <laughs> to turn forty next uh, this year, so I'm still young. Hey,
1: young uh, age is just a number, my friend. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just like, okay, he made a mistake. It wasn't PEDs. A PED suspension, I think that would have been like eighty games. Yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, 50 games. I really don't think it impacts his arrival time at all. Anything. They're probably, that's what's probably thinking. All right. Uh, silver lining. We save his arm for like, uh, you know, how many ever starts he would have made in that time span or whatever. But yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think this impacts his arrival time all that much. If anything, I still think he's probably up in September.
0: I know a lot of people are going to point to a tweet that some, I don't, it was some found, it was some baseball training camp or something. Mm -hmm. They had him throwing 99, they were like doing some type of uh, simulations Mm -hmm. and they had him throwing 99 miles per hour. I don't think that's why he was throwing 99. I think it was just a short stand and he was able to up the ante. But guys, I'm not too worried about Forrest Whitley. Yes, it's it's kind of sad because what happens if we really need him? In the first 50 games. Um,
1: but, at the, but at the same time, too, if we need him in the first 50 games, I think it is fair to say, well, how... Don't, uh,
0: don't bring up your doomsday. Right?
1: Oh, no, no. Well, hey, Junction jackets is still out there. But, yes, it's like one of those things, like if Whitley is needed at really any point in the season, we can kind of go, well, what went wrong with the Astros? Like, what happened to Verlander? What happened to Keiko? What happened to Morin? What happened to McCullers? Like, I think it's fair to kind of bring that up in... Makes you wonder, like, hey, what happened to McHugh? What happened to Peacock? Oh, god, this may be a doomsday after all. <laughs> but yeah, it's like really one of those things. Is like, I think Whitley at some point, I think he may contribute to this club. Uh, I actually would not rule out him gaining some meaningful innings later on the season. But yeah, I'm, uh, I don't. You know, at the same time, too, this thing that happened, like you, you don't trade a top prospect guy over something like this. Yeah. No, and that
0: will be stupid. That will be like trading Jose Altuve before he became a Superstar. I know Jose Altuve wasn't as highly touted a prospect as Whitley is, but, yeah, let's just stop that right now. And he'll probably be in the starting rotation as early as 2019, mm-hmm. and if not this year. And if anything, this like I said, this just um, gives the Astros more team, uh, years of control over him by postponing his um, – I think they call it the uh, Super Two. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. And for those out there, save your crazy talk for the Texans. They deserve <laughs> the crazy talk. But anyway, but yeah, I think uh, I think Whitley is going to be he's going to be up sooner earlier, but I don't think this has much bearing. But
0: so uh, something else that I saw that was well, I don't know if I'm the word fishy is the right word for it, but they said Tony Sip is throwing good and looks good this spring. <laughs> You know why? Uh, you know why? Why? Payday, baby. Oh, it's, it's walk year, so he's got to make some money next year. He's
1: got, uh, you know, he's out there camp, probably doing the money signs. Give me, show me the <laughs> money. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, nobody's going to give you another three-year, eighteen million dollar contract unless, you know. Well, I look at some of the reliever contracts from this all season. I'm like, oh, he's very well made with a good season, but
0: honestly, I doubt he'll get a big deal even if he pitches well this year. After he's
1: the last two, yeah, yeah, like the last two seasons have just been. You know, just been kind of.
0: He was the Chad Qualls last year, where he didn't even appear on the postseason roster. And I know Chad Qualls was healthy that year, but in 2015. So
1: anytime you're a healthy reliever, and especially a left hander. Was healthy. He was just yeah. He
0: just wasn't. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, especially a left handed reliever. Yeah, like for example, just real quick, let me just pull some numbers for you. Like I like uh, WAR wins above replacement, is not a catch all, but it's a little handy stat. Yeah, he was actually worth negative WAR the last two seasons. And then his ERAs have been like, you know, almost five and well over five, almost six. And his FIPS haven't been much better. It's just, yeah, I'm sorry. If you look here, you go, okay, 2015, Tony Sip, 1.99 ERA. Oh, awesome, awesome. 2016, Tony Sip, 4.95 ERA. Ah, he'll bounce back off year, off year, uh next year, 5.79 ERA. Oh, my God. Like, in just like doomsday scenarios. Just yeah, and, my head.
0: and just look what the Astros had to do last year. And uh, you can say, and I know the Astros are very uh, – a hint has been one of the people that said, oh, we don't really need a left-handed pitcher. But look what they did last year. They went out and got Francisco Liriano. Oh, yeah, they
1: went ahead and got That uh, a Hail Mary. Yeah, it was kind of like, please, God, please let this work. <laughs> and it worked towards the
0: end of the season, but when the playoffs came
1: – Hey, he got Bellinger that one time. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. But uh, at this point, yeah, it's like – I have to think. Are they planning on using Chris Davinsky as their left-handed, like you know, g- get the left-handed hitters out? Because let's think about this. Last season, no Anthony goes or Anthony goes. Uh, yeah, yeah he's
0: not going to make the team. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, he's not. But like, for example, just think about this. Chris Davinsky, had a he held uh, opposing batters to a one ten batting average when they were left-handers. Right-handers was about two thirty-eight. So it's like, yeah, Davinsky. Like, and then I think who uh, was it? Jake Kaplan of the Athletic I mentioned a couple of days ago. Like how the Astros have kind of toyed around with the idea of an all-righty bullpen anyway, but they're paying $26 million and they're going to say he looks good in camp. Yeah. Odds are they'll probably carry him on the roster for at least a little bit until the, probably the, the complete implosion happens.
0: The next person who's turning heads to spring, if that's really the right phrase for it is Francis Martez. And should we be surprised? I mean, this was one of the top prospects up until last year. And, um, and and he's still probably one of the best young pitchers in the Astros organization. But he kind of struggled a little bit. He had that one great start. Um, I forgot who it was against, but I just remember he was striking out people left and right. Oh,
1: yes. It was like... Well, yeah, I remember. So I went to the Texas Rangers game uh, when they were here at Minute Maid when Francis Martez made his major league first major league start and Derek Fisher like hit his first like two home runs yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that, that was the game. Yeah, I remember going to that game and I was sitting there with my brother and we were just talking and we were like, okay, this I think I think this guy made pretty, pretty good and you just see his emotion out there and you're like, yeah, he's like yeah, after yeah, that, I game, remember that now. and it's after that game everybody was like. Like what happened to Francis Martes? Like everybody's like, Who's that? I'm like i like, he was just our top ranked pitching prospect like six months ago. Like I think everybody kinda forgot. you know, the whole hype of getting Justin Verlander and everything about that, everybody's like, Oh yeah, we just forgot about Martez and uh don't sleep on the guy. I think I'm like you. I kind of I I'm kinda interested to see what he'll do. Uh I'm not sure he starts the season out with the Astros, but he could slide into rotation. He can do the bullpen. You know, he's kind of like a Brad Peacock, Colin McHugh type this year that way. So I, I like Francis Martes a lot.
0: And I know we've talked about a lot about Colin McHugh and um, how valuable he is with, on the team. But what if uh, Martes shows that he can handle that role? Could the Astros make a late spring trade and go ahead and trade McHugh away if they trust in Martez?
1: Oh, I can see that. Yes, I can. Actually, the more I think – now you bring it up, the more I think about it, yes. Uh, Especially when you consider the fact that – Armateros. Armateros. And then you can only carry so many – like, I know they like having those guys who can start and throw in relief, but at the same time, too, you can only carry so many of those guys and still get them work. And let's be honest, if you try to – pitch a guy exclusively one or two, like one inning appearances for like two months. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I need him to start. Like you're going to have to stretch his arm out and you just can't expect a guy to go from one inning to like six or seven, uh, just a snap of your fingers. It's not realistic. So I'm kind of curious. I think this spring will determine a lot for Martez and how the Astros figure him into their 2018 plans. And I think it also have, uh, a direct effect on what they do with Colin McHugh in terms of, hey Colin McHugh, he's under contract for this year and 2019. A lot of teams. And he will,
0: still has value. He still yeah, has a lot of value.
1: And a lot of teams will pay a pretty penny for uh, for a guy like Colin McHugh. All I have to say is, like, oh hey Minnesota Twins, I got you on speed dial. Baltimore Orioles, I got you on speed dial. You know, teams like that, you're kind of like, okay, okay, all right, give me your best, give me your best uh, offer, and we'll see what we can do. And I think the Astros, I think they're, I think they're wise to kind of, you know, hang on to McHugh while they can, but at the same time too say, Hey, let's see what we got with Martez. Let's see what we have with Arminteros. Like these guys are probably the future once, you know, McHugh is gone either way. So yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what they do with Martez in the spring. I'm kind of curious to see how they use him. Uh, I'm also curious to see how much they pitch Arminteros. He's starting the game tomorrow. And I'm I, uh, I'm curious how many starts he'll actually get considering they probably won't push Kaiko. well
0: he did pitch a lot uh, if not exclusively in AAA last year he pitched a lot in AAA yeah, he, I think he did have a few starts in uh, Corpus Christi but, uh, he's a, uh, ex- the, uh, but he's not a pardon the comparison but he's not Forrest Whitley who hasn't seen AAA yet yes, he's Yeah, he's actually been experienced there so I think you might see him get a lot of starts this spring and I still think, and I said this on Talking Stros. I think I said it on this show, he could be that surprise guy. Uh, do you have a stats in front of you?
1: Yeah, I actually just pull up his stats. Yeah, Armin Teros, he made 10 starts last year with the Fresno Grizzlies, about 58 innings pitch. He uh, averaged about 11 strikeouts per nine innings, walked about nearly three guys per nine. Uh, ERA and low twos. You know, his results are impressive, and uh, he also spent quite a bit of the season with the Corpus Christi Hooks, made 10 starts down there, uh, actually had four relief appearances down there, but I'm not sure off the top of my head those are, uh, you know, the tandem starts they like to do in the lower levels or not, but but yeah, Armenteros, he had a pretty good debut into uh, AAA last year, and you know, he... The home runs became a little bit more an issue, but hey, uh, the uh, Fresno's kind of known. It's not like Lancaster when the Astros had that affiliate, really, but you know Fresno is not exactly known for being pitcher friendly. So I think uh, Armenteros, he's definitely a dark horse candidate to I think make some noise on this team.
0: Yeah. And uh, like we talked about earlier, Reed, I still think uh, we haven't seen the best of him yet. And once he clicks, I think he's going to really click. And yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I know I might be a little biased around him, but I don't think he's John Singleton 2.0 yet. I think uh, this year we'll decide that. And I think you mentioned that earlier. This year will kind of be the deciding factor of what happens with AJ Reed. But if not, we have to remember that he was almost drafted as a pitcher by some other team. So he does have the pitching ability. So he could be that JD uh, Davis type arm who you can bring or Tyler White. Well, well, she,
1: yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it was like one of those things I automatically think of Brandon McKay, one of the Tampa Bay Rays top prospects. I believe they drafted him just this past year. In fact, he's a hitter and a pitcher. And there's been debates like, should we let him be a two way player? Uh, is he more of a pitcher? Is he more of a hitter? I think the Rays are kind of taking the same approach that the Astros did with Reed. They're going to let him hit CV sticks, but at the same time, too, they're like, well, if the hitting doesn't work out, you know, we may have an intriguing arm in here that can do can do something.
0: And I think a lot of it will have to do with what Otani does with the Angels this year, okay. and because this is the first one. I mean, quote me if I'm wrong, but since Babe Ruth, who was two-way, true two-way player. Yes,
1: yes, and that's exactly it. Otani's going to have a big ripple effect. If he has a successful 2018 with the Angels, then, yeah, I think a lot of players will be angling like, hey, I can do this two-way stuff. But at the same time, too, it's so difficult to do the two-way in terms of, you know, your Pitching and hitting are two different things, obviously, and then you also have to account for, you know, with the days that they're scheduled to pitch. Should you let them hit? And should you give their body rest? There's so many other variables in play beyond just the normal, you know, four days of rest for a starting pitcher, or like, you know, a day or two off after a relief appearance. or the same as a hitter, you know, like, you know, they play five or six day games in a row. Then, like, okay, game off, or you know, however long, and it's a, it's a different. There's different variables to play, and Otani's going to have a big barrier on that. I think a lot of teams are going to be like, okay, players can reasonably do this. And I think a lot of players will be thinking that, too. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. But Okay,
0: uh, this is Roto World uh, Fantasy Magazine. Uh, tell me if you got the over or under. They have uh, Otani batting two twenty five with 12 homers and 33 RBIs.
1: I'll take the over on the batting average. I think he hits better than 225. Uh now in terms of the home runs, I think that's probably I'll probably actually take maybe I uh, maybe take the over on that as well. I think he may actually hit like 15 or 16, but but of course I've heard, you know, you hear some analysts that really love his skills as a hitter and you got some that say, "Well, I got to see him do it in person first before we can make too hard a determination." So
0: yeah, I agree with that, and uh, it's just so much. Um, that's why I'm. Ooh, this magazine only has them as bid for a dollar, and I know in our <laughs> fancy in our fancy yeah. baseball league, uh, you know Jason's already going to take him with the number one. Oh
1: yes, yeah, so that's obvious.
0: Yeah. The, uh, by the way, for the uh, Cody and I are in the league that I'm commissioner of, but um, uh, we have ten keepers, and uh, one of the there's several. Intriguing players that are available Uh And uh, the old CTH Editor uh, Jason Burke is going to probably take Otani just because the fact that He could be a two way star And it's very intriguing how The um, fantasy baseball Will handle the Otani situation Because you either have to Have him as a hitter Uh Or a pitcher you can't do both for the same Game
1: yes exactly and there's Actually I I think Yahoo Or somebody mentioned like they may actually have, like, you may actually have, like, two separate Otani's, one exclusively as a pitcher guy and one exclusively as a hitter. I'm not, I'm not sure how Yahoo would handle <laughs> no,
0: it. I, I don't
1: know. That that was the one rumor I heard. I'm not sure how accurate or anything that was, but that was just.
0: No, I don't think they could do that. I think that's not just like, no, I don't think they could do that. No.
1: But it's just, yeah. It, it's
0: like having Mike Hampton or Madison Bumgarner or just one of those good hitters. Yeah, yes. You can, you know they're going to start that day, so you're like, ooh, uh, let me put them at, in a pitching rotation, and as a hitter, because you know they're going to get a good hit. Yes, uh-huh.
1: But yeah, it's, the fantasy baseball world is going to be turned on its head with Otani, I feel like. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, the Otani situation will be interesting, and I don't know if you've heard, but the Angels have decided – Or they're planning on doing a six-man rotation, Uh, and that makes sense because whoever was going to pick up Tani was going to get do six-man rotation. Yeah. uh, So I know it's. um, I don't really know the Angel starters. I know it's going to be Garrett uh, Richards, and then Uh, yeah,
1: I'm pulling. uh, Let me pull uh, uh, those.
0: Yeah, I can't remember anything. Let's see. So
1: Uh, used to beating them up. Oh yes. Uh, Oh damn. (laughs) Uh, I'm always going to my default anyway. Astros, but yeah, like, well, Nick Tropiano, former Astros prospect, I think going mm-hmm. to get another shot. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm also trying to think who else. Here we go. Pitchers, pitchers, pitchers. I want to see. Yeah. You got Gary Richards, uh, Shohei Itani. Uh There's also a guy named Blake Parker. Uh, oh he's yeah. Blake a, Parker, uh, yeah. Oh, I think they may use him as a reliever. You also have. Um trying to see who else they have as well. Uh, Matt Shoemaker is still over there.
0: They have that um there's uh their... JC
1: Ramirez. Yes, Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Uh Parker Bidwell, that's the other guy I was trying to think of. Um you also have uh I'm trying to think who else. I think uh Tyler Skaggs. That, yeah. that was a guy I couldn't think of for a minute. But yeah, they got they got some intriguing options over there, but uh
0: yeah the, i think the most intriguing. i mean no garrett richards uh, and guys and uh close your ears cody uh-huh. Uh-huh. guys if you want a good deal i would go for garrett richards i think he's due for a great year and i think that uh you're gonna see the old garrett richards and he even showed it towards the end the last season so yes if he's available in fancy baseball go get him uh-huh. All right, so uh, we had a request uh, from one of our writers to talk about Mr. Dallas Keuchel, and um, uh, how do you say his name? It's like um, it's a, one of the new guys, uh, Fisher.
1: Oh, oh, um, oh, yes, yes. I apologize in advance. We Minnichim. I think it's Minchum. Mitchum, That sounds right. Minchum, yeah. Min, Minchum Fishum. Uh, yes. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he wants to talk about Keiko Going in free agency He gone Uh, I I don't know what else you want me to say I mean Unless The Astros are really serious about this Building dynasty and the fans The players are going to buy into it I just don't see the Astros committing what the Cubs did to Yu Darvish. No, mm. and uh, I think Dallas Keuchel is a lot better than Yu Darvish. And uh-huh. what did uh, Darvish sign for? Like, uh, six years, hundred twenty-six.
1: Yeah, six years, hundred twenty-six million. Then he's got a couple incentives that could push up to like a hundred and fifty million. But yeah. I think yes, it to like win two Cy Youngs or something. So
0: yeah, but you know that Dallas Keuchel is going to be about the same.
1: Because he's won
0: a sign on. He's a great uh, postseason pitcher. And does that mean the Astros can't sign him? No. I mean, anything can happen. But I think with the Garrett Cole signing uh, or trade, uh, so to speak, I think that answered what the Astros think. And, I mean, I know Keiko can say, I'm coming to help win in 2018. We're not going to have any uh, talks about extensions or anything. We're just going to play baseball and I've given all my best. Yes, I understand it, but you know he's probably going to go for one last payday, and especially with how unhealthy he's been over his career. And when he's healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in the game. But um, if, he's, if he can't stay healthy all season, I really don't see anybody giving him a big long-term deal.
1: Oh, no. And For example, take Jerry Arrieta's uh, current free agent uh, market as an example. He's you know he's one of the top arms and he's not getting much traction at all even after you know you darvish signs and you have some other moves to take place you know he's just one of those guys you fear would have been at the top of the list for a lot of teams and supposedly now the phillies are talking to him maybe and you know Arrieta, he he's one of those guys you go he wants five to seven years. The Phillies may be able to get him down to like three years. Like teams yes. are not going to give him that long term commitment, especially coming from a pitcher who's had such a notable decrease in velocity velocity the last two or three years. But
0: and you you know um, Marwin Gonzalez has to be kind of worried about the um, free agent market. Oh
1: yes, yes.
0: Dallas Keuchel probably is too. He's like, oh wait, I can't get the Clayton Kershaw deal. Uh, that's no. not available. I can't get the Zach Greinke. I I still don't know why the Diamondbacks paid that.
1: The Diamondbacks made a lot of questionable decisions with Dave Stewart. That's all I'm saying. Hey, guys, uh, before we go on, if you want to call in, go and call
0: into the show. Uh, The phone number to call in is 347. I need to memorize this eventually. It's 347-850-8823. I'll repeat that again. 347-850-8823. And, guys, this is not, like, on the radio. This is just a podcast, so uh, don't be ashamed. Just We want some people to talk baseball with. I mean, we can go back and forth for an hour, but we'd like to get some other people to kind of get involved. So one more time, call in show at 347-850-8823. So, um, yeah, Dallas Geichel, would I want him back? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I going to pay him more than what the Cubs pay for Dallas, uh, for you, Darvish? I'm not sure, um, and it, it depends on how, how his health is this year. If he's – I mean, he's come spring, uh, apparently he's – I know you're, you hear that every spring. You say, oh, yeah, this guy looks good, and then when spring uh-huh. games start, that's when things change. But we'll have to see what happens with um, Keichel. But if he stays healthy, I, I could see uh, either maybe the Yankees or the Red Sox or just one of those big markets teams going after him big time. And I just don't think the Astros with, I mean, nothing against Dallas Keuchel, but who would you rather uh, retain? Would you rather retain George Springer or Dallas Keuchel? Would you rather retain Carlos Correa down the road or Dallas Keuchel? Uh And I don't think the two equal each other, but would you rather uh, retain Jose Altuve or Dallas Keuchel? So I think that the Astros are going to have to make some decisions and I think the Garrett Cole trade was a insurance policy. And don't forget, like you said, we do have some backups in case he do, they do leave. And I can almost, not guarantee, but I can see the Astros re, uh, re-signing uh, Charlie Morton. Mm-hmm. Especially if he has another good year. Uh, he'll feel comfortable here. He hasn't really felt comfortable other places. Yes. So
1: Oh, well, and that's the thing. Charlie Morris kind of, I think, alluded to in a couple of interviews over the past year. Like, he's not sure how long he will pitch, but maybe another short-term, more two-year contract for him would probably be right up his alley.
0: Yeah, we heard that with Kobe Rasmus. and yeah. he's trying to make a comeback with the Rays as a minor on a minor league deal. So.
1: Hashtag Kobe Jack. Welcome back. Uh, by the way, the Rays are trying to remake the Astros 2015 outfield with also Carlos Gomez, but we won't go there. But, yeah, it's one of those things with Keiko, Like, I'm not sure what... Keiko's true market is going to be is going to be very interesting. I, I'm like you, I can see a team like the Yankees or the Red Sox jumping in, but at the same same time, I'm just not sure. Ooh, the Brewers. The Brewers could be Davis Stearns. Just saying. Just saying. But yeah, it's like one of those things, like, you just don't know what a guy's true market is right now unless he's a big, like one of the big fish, like, you know, Bryce Harper or Mae Machado next year. Because this year's market has just been so unpredictable. Like guys don't
0: forget Clayton Kershaw could opt out of his contract oh, and he, become
1: a free agent. Oh, yeah. If Clayton Kershaw's back and neck holds up just fine, yeah, he's opting out. But And the same thing with Keiko. Back to Keiko for a sec. I hope he got a good pillow this year. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't want to hear another pinched nerve. He
0: needs to uh, ride in plane with one of those neck braces. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> But, yeah, it's like one of those things. Keiko, I think, will draw some attention to Brewers, like you just said. That could be an intriguing option, especially if they don't really sign anybody this offseason, which they probably won't. It looks like now I, they're a team that could use some starting pitching, and, you know, Stearns has that history with the Astros. The, the You know, he was a former assistant GM under Luno when uh, he got his first, uh, first start. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I I like Keiko. I don't – I don't want to pay Keiko and not pay guys like Correa, Altuve, or Springer. That's just me. And you need pitching. But at the same time, uh, I think the red flags are there with Keiko a little bit. He is 30 years old now. You don't want to commit a a huge chunk of payroll to a guy on the other side of 30, no matter how well he's played for you in the past. So I'm, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. I, I, I think I would not be shocked if both sides kind of resigned themselves to, like, this is our last year together. But at the same time, too, you can't ignore the possibility completely that he does come back. I think they're, both sides will probably be open to it, but it has to be at the right price. And Keiko's health this year will also play a big part in that. I think a team may take a big chance on him if he stays relatively healthy. But if he has a repeat of, like, uh, 16 and 17... Everybody be going, like that's three straight years. You've been kind of injury-prone, and yeah. and teams don't want to pay. Uh, they may be fine with a high annual value of a deal for like a short one- or two-year contract, but a three-, four-, five-year contract that he'll probably be seeking. No, it, uh, teams are not going to do that.
0: So, I mean, I don't know if this is accurate, and I don't know where Aaron Ashcroft got this from, but uh, apparently Keith Law says that Whitley was – it basically popped for something that was basically caffeine, hmm. Hmm. and it's not and and it's not something bad. It's just something that doesn't fit neatly in the bucket of suspension. So that's why it was kind of this weird
1: thing. Yeah, and, I think and that's
0: what we talked about the stimulant, and that's basically what it was. Yes,
1: and uh, I did think I read. I think there was a sportscaster out of San Antonio. I think the Fox station out there. He was tweeting some stuff, and I wrote an article about this on Wednesday. If, you go, if you're go, you listening, you can go back and look at the article. I think I embedded a few of the t- tweets in there. But he m- kind of mentioned that Willie hired an attorney because they tried to stop this, I think, in his tracks at the very beginning, but baseball went ahead and did the suspension anyway. So I, I have a feeling, especially what you just said with, with that, if that holds up, uh, we may not have heard the last of this with Whitley. He may be, he may be fighting this. Who knows?
0: Yeah, and it just—I mean, if you're a young baseball player, just
1: just play. If you want,
0: really want to play, just just do what you're supposed to do and just follow the rules and mm-hmm. don't go and smoke a joint. If you know who I'm talking referring to. And mm-hmm. uh, so, anyway, speaking of joints. Um, oh the The freak is trying to make a comeback, and I don't know if he signed with any teams like recently, but I think that he had seven teams watch him, and uh, Tim him Yeah, I
1: I heard that, and supposedly he's jacked now. I'm yeah. like, oh wow, but yeah, I heard. I even heard he's got like one major league offer on the table, yeah. but no. Uh, but somebody confirms like, yeah, it's not the Giants. It's not the Giants. <laughs> it's not the Giants. It's not the Giants. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. If it was maybe. I don't know. The Padres may be a team that say, hey, you're a California guy.
0: And we're not talking about like a million-dollar offer, but probably just like just something.
1: Just yeah, really the league minimum to say, hey. With
0: incentives or something. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. You know, any contract he signs, he'll probably have a sentence based on appearances or uh, – uh, well, I think I don't think teams will even try him as a starting pitcher anymore. It'll probably be appearances, yeah. innings, pitch tolls, stuff like
0: that. All right, so let's address the next monkey in the room. No – I don't think the Astros make any more additions at this point. I think they are tapped out. Um, I mean, I know they could still go out and get Greg Holland. I know we could still bring in Carlos Gonzalez. But I think uh, they want to see what Derek Fisher can do. And maybe the next four, five, six, seven days of watching Derek Fisher will kind of uh, steered the Astros course and decide what's what what to do next. Yes. Because if uh, Fisher just looks overmatched, then, yeah, they may go out and say, let's go and bring in Carlos Gonzalez. Uh, if Giles looks shaky, I mean, he's always looked shaky in spring. That's the problem.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: so you can't really rely too much on that. But um, I just don't see them going out there and making any moves. The only move that I thought really, really thought they could make was um, – tony watson but he ended up signing with uh, the Giants. giants yeah
1: and the, on the weirdest contract too that was bizarre how uh, that thing had incentives out the wazoo it was like it was like okay he's doing that to help them with tax purposes it looks like
0: yeah but, so uh, yeah i just don't think that the astros are going to add anybody unless they're not desperate but they just identifying need with uh, how spring training progresses. And that's actually the good thing about this pre-agent market is there's a lot of options out there. So uh-huh. if you want to try out Derek Fisher for the first half of spring training, you can still bring in somebody else if he struggles. One person they cannot bring in is Cameron Mayburn, who we talked about um, joining Marlins again. But um, I just don't see anything. And I, I don't know if I'm wrong. I, and, uh, I think the Astros basically came out and said that don't expect us to trade for JT Ryamoto. Oh, and, no. and I told you all that on Talking Shows, I told you that on the CTH podcast. I think they're going to wait until the, um, around the trade deadline. when they Let's say Brian McCann just can't hit anymore like he did towards the end of the season last year. And let's say Evan Gaddis gets injured or something. Garrett Stubbs comes up. He's not what he's supposed to be. Max Stassi. So you're always talking about the, um, the, just the doomsday uh, scenarios. That would be uh, what's going to happen if they do trade for JT Rimuto uh-huh. because it's going to be a huge price tag at the trade deadline. And I think the best time to make a deal would be right now, but do you really want to give up Kyle Tucker? And that's the issue. And down the road, what if A.J. Reed does become this huge megastar? They could flip him. That's part of the deal instead of Kyle Tucker.
1: Exactly. So. And going back to just like you know what you were saying, I I agree with you. I don't think there's any additional specialist can logistically make that moves the needle needle all that much. Carlos Gonzalez, I think, is an interesting option still in left field. There's not really a left-handed reliever out there that they could use. Um, Jonathan Lucroy. I don't think he's going to take a backup catcher job. If anything, I think he's going to sign with A's eventually. I can't believe he's still available. Yeah, but he's going to be an A or a national, I think, at the end of the day. Now, going back to left field, though, for a minute, and this is a post idea I've been working on uh, for a while. I'm actually somewhat halfway finished with it, but I'm working on it, is – would the Astros be interested in giving Jake Marisnik more of a look, you know, because he revamped his swing last year and he actually hit 16 home runs before, you know, the unfortunate incident with the thumb, which by the way, I saw the base running drills online on Twitter earlier today. Whoever's doing the base running drills, tell them do not slide head first. Do not slide head first. I don't want to hear you more like, Oh, torn thumb ligaments or broken thumbs or whatever. No.
0: Well in the middle with the the adrenaline going on during the game, you
1: just forget about the yeah, Oh yeah. But still I'll be like I'm the coach I'm like, I told you not to slide at first. But it's one of those things like for example, Jake Marisnik though, real quick, he completely revamped his swing. He's a bit more open now. He's not so closed off from all I could tell. Um and one of the things that was interesting is like he just I think one thing is he revamped his launch angle in a big way. I'm just saying, if the Astros have any thoughts, or if he can do anything, like for example, he increased his launch angle from like nine degrees last year, or I mean, not last year, but 2016, to about 15 degrees and 17. And thank you, Statcast, but. Well, you can see the translation of the improvements he made. It makes you wonder, like, oh, you know, Derek Fisher and Jake Marisnik they were in the left field. Not a bad little uh, platoon there.
0: Well, he'll play a lot of um, – a sure. lot when the left-handed hit, Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, Derek Fisher is a right-handed yeah, exactly. uh, hitter. So, And you're also – he's also going to relieve uh, George Springer. And George Springer will probably DH one day. And then uh, Josh Reddick can move around. And so Jake Marisnik will probably be, like, marlon gonzalez and play a lot exactly uh but he will be playing every day no No, but uh he will be playing a lot kind of like marlon gonzalez Mm -hmm.
1: and isn't it interesting like two years ago everybody was arguing well who we had to cut first marlon gonzalez or jake marisnik and it's like both these guys like oh okay look there may be actually something there but yeah it's one of those things uh at the end of the day the astros just don't have anything else. I think they can realistically do without mortgaging the farm or anything. Uh, I think JT Rillamuto. Really, if they are going to trade for him, I just wait to see if he's still available come next off season.
0: So if I ask you, according to I me, mean, I know you've read my the, the post, mm-hmm. uh, but according to Fangraphs, who has the highest? Which Astro starter has the higher, highest projected WAR this season?
1: Oh crap! Um, I just mine just went blank. It has to be. I would think it has to be Verlander,
0: correct? It's actually Garrett Cole, and by um, a large a large margin. Huh? And I was writing about. Uh, I think it was right before my uh, trip, and uh, it was the article you published
1: about. Oh yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Now I recall. Sorry, I've since something, but yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it was surprising to see that, and then not so surprising because he has the stuff, and he was number one pick. But I still think Verlander still has two good years in him. Uh Yes. I think that the adrenaline, the endorphins or whatever the word is of possibly going to the world series, drove him last year and they made him uh, become like Randy Johnson in uh, 1998. And, but I think he's still that great pitcher. He's still got that drive and he wants to do more. And so I, I, I see the Astros. I see the rotation. I just, There's no weakness there. Mm -mm. And even Charlie Morin, at best, he's a 4-ERA guy. I mean, sorry, at worst, he's a 4-ERA guy.
1: Oh, yeah, there's not really a weakness in this rotation. Outside, you can say health. Health, health. that's the biggest issue. But I'm sorry, that's with any rotation in baseball. Health, pitchers. Especially with true. Oh, yes, especially with us. But, yes, it's one of those things like... Down arm. uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Shoulder, neck pinch.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's just one of those things where there's the pitchers they have. It's just, they're so talented and they know, like, I just love seeing the uh, video the other day of like Verlander showing pointers to McCullers and you see Cole and Verlander uh, pitching side by side. And it's just like one of those things where like, Oh, like this on paper could be their best starting rotation ever. And well, I, no way! I say that I mean, like, yeah, it probably is their best starting rotation ever. So, uh, it, but be
0: careful because last year we remember we said that um, that the catching duel of Gaddis and McCann would be the best ever. Oh yeah, in yeah. And, I mean, not that they were terrible, but it, they didn't really. The, it,
1: it kind of told off in the second half. Let's just yeah. say that. But yeah, it's like one of those things where, yeah, I say that, but at the same time too, I just feel so confident at the same time i don't know and call this being having a big head off a world series win i don't care
0: yeah i think uh it was keiko who said that uh, we have the best team on paper and we just gotta translate that from paper into oh yeah the game.
1: and and all the players are saying the right things that's the thing they ha- they're saying the right things they appear to have the right attitude they are not coming into this like saying like oh you know like, oh, look at us type of deal. And, like, you know, obviously they should say we are the best team in baseball. They just won the World Series with most of the roster returning. But at the same time, too, just the attitude and how they're carrying themselves and how you're seeing them, like the little snippets we get from Twitter from the beat writers over there, like how they play or how they're uh, training right now. It's just like you can't help but feel good.
0: Right. Uh, So... Bold prediction time. How many innings does Armateros go tomorrow?
1: How many innings? I say, I say two innings. I say yeah. two innings.
0: I mean, he's going to go one or two. Mm-hmm. They don't extend him too much.
1: Yeah, he may face like anywhere from like six to nine hitters, and that'll probably be about that'll probably be about it.
0: Yeah. So I'm interested to see. I mean, I know it's he's already pitched in Astros uniform, but I, Verlander, mm-hmm. I'll, I want to see how he how he treats spring training mm-hmm. i mean is he just kind of like oh let me just kind of throw some pitches and see what happens or is he that bulldog that he was in the world series
1: oh yeah i'm I'm curious to see how he approaches it too and same thing with like i think he probably realizes too there's some pitchers on the staff that probably really look up to him like so i think especially like mccullers and and uh, cole so right. I think he's going. I think they're going. To, I think he'll have a little extra. You know, you got to consider too. He went to last year, thinking this probably thinking this Tigers team isn't very good. So this year is like complete opposite. i mean, this probably this spring training is probably more re energizing for him than what we may even realize. Right. Yeah.
0: So, and uh, once the idea the prospect of him being traded happened, I think that's when he started really really performing well last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so. change the scenery can do a lot.
0: Okay, so um, is it definitely Morton for the fifth starter?
1: I would think or so.
0: Or do you think they leave him as the long reliever, kind of what he did in the World Series in Game 7, and have Morton, uh, sorry, McHugh, BZ?
1: See, that's interesting because Charlie Morton, I think, had more success in that long relief role a little bit, but at the same time, too, it's he is, you did sign him to be the starting pitcher. He did throw really well as a starter when he was healthy, Minus, I like that one, three or four weeks.
0: But straight. McHugh won nineteen games a few, uh, three years ago.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh yeah, uh, that, that that's a good no, problem. I know Morton's gonna yeah. be the
0: fifth starter. I'm just. Um... Oh
1: yeah, I know. It's just I. I it makes you wonder how because McHugh was really effective until he had the dead arm issue last year, and you kind of go, "Well, like this is a good problem to have," and I. I the more I think about it, the more I'm like, "Well, maybe you do." I'm just going to stick with more as a fifth starter and not let my let it rack my mind anymore.
0: All right, who makes the team? Max Stassi, Tim Fedoritz, or the field? Hmm. I say the field. Yeah, I think so too. I just I think the idea of having a third catcher is great when you don't carry 13 pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Astros like to carry 13 pitchers, and they have 13 quality pitchers. And oh. 12 quality, and then 27. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, I just don't see them carrying, and I'm, I hate to say it, but that extra bat, that's a waste. And unless uh-huh. Stassi just really learns how to hit. And I was the big Stassi fan after the trade, and it just, after he got hit by the pitch or fouled off the ball, I forgot they, where it was. Yeah, that's he's that's just like not that. the same.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, he just hasn't shown enough, I don't think, to the point where they were hoping he would be when they made that, uh, even just a few years they ago. They placed
0: him on waivers, and he went unclaimed. And, that say and
1: especially in this market for catchers, you know, most teams are lucky to have one solid catcher.
0: Right.
1: You know, if you have two or three, that's a luxury. And the fact that, you, like you said, Stassi went unclaimed is just like, oh, okay, let's just... That doesn't speak highly of <laughs> all right.
0: Uh more likely make the team. Tyler White or AJ Reed out of spring training with Grail on the deal. I mean not on the deal, but on suspension.
1: Okay. Uh coming out of spring training with uh Yuli's suspension, I think Tyler White is the more likely addition to the roster. That said, I am going to go out of a limb and say AJ Reed has more major league at bats in 2018 than Tyler White because I th- I think you know, the, just a quick five game I can see him not wanting to burn up anything with like Reed and just say hey you start the year out in AAA mm-hmm. get started there Tyler White there's no- isn't nothing really new they've done with him before they've they've all uh, they sent him back and forth between AAA yeah. and the majors before and I don't think they really consider that to be Anything out of the ordinary now, so. Uh, but that's my prediction. White will start the year with the team, but Reed will have more at bats in the majors than
0: White. All right, White. another prediction. Uh, who's going to be the most likely super utility player if uh, Marlon Gonzalez leaves? Okay, listen. Gariel, mm-hmm, Tyler White, Alex Bregman, or Tony Kemp. Ooh.
1: I'm just going to go out of limb and say Tony Kemp. Uh, I think.
0: Gurriel really can't play outfield. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: and they've already tried Kemp some in the outfield with some success and I think you'll see I I you know I, I kind of like Tony Kemp. It wasn't for, you know, some of the players they already had up. I think he already be on this roster, so I
0: I mean, I just don't know if we need to have another player on the team that's taller than um Jose Altuve.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or is he shorter? I can't remember. Uh, uh, well, right, they're
0: about the same size. Yeah, one of them like one inch. Yeah,
1: tall. it's like it's not very much of a difference, but still one inch. It's like, all right, that's within you know a, a, a decent variance. Like, okay, let's just call them the same height and be done with it. But
0: All right. Francis Martes mm-hmm.
1: by the end of the year,
0: in the rotation, middle relief or closer?
1: I'm going to go with middle relief. Because uh, yeah, because yeah, I have a feeling if Giles blows up in the first half of the season, I can see him kind of going, okay, we got to trade for somebody else now.
0: Or Greg <laughs> Holland. Uh,
1: yeah, Greg <laughs> Holland's probably still out there, you know, being a nomad. Craig
0: Holland's like, hey Astros, uh-huh. hey guys. You doing?
1: But yeah, it's like one of those things. Yeah, I think Martez he, he he'll probably if he's on the majors this year for a long period of time, he'll be his, like kind of mill relief. Unless injuries just ravage the pitching staff.
0: Okay, who plays more left field? Derek Fisher, Jake Mariznick, or the field?
1: I gotta go with Derek Fisher. I think I think he I think he gets the majority of the time in uh, left field. So, all
0: right. So I kind of briefly mentioned it, and let's talk about it at the end of the show. What do you think about the thought about Gurriel playing second base, possibly not to replace No No Altuve, but to, just to kind of get some more defensive flexibility so if you want to take um altive out uh then you can maybe put gray out there and have aj reed possibly be playing uh-huh. first base so uh that's something to think about so what do you think about that and the idea of him possibly playing shortstop
1: i think i think it's definitely a an interesting idea i think you explore it you the Astros what they love their roster of uh, uh flexibility, you know, they really like having versatile guys. And I think uh, Uli Gurriel doing a couple of infield spots, I, I really see no harm in that. If it, if it helps keep guys fresh and, you know, adds another wrinkle to what they can do as a, uh, as a team with the lineup and uh, defensive alignment and stuff, I'm all for it then.
0: And another thing was the whole Bregman playing more shortstop this spring. And I, I don't really I – mean, yes, he made some errors playing shortstop when he was playing for Korea, but I thought it was just more for – just maybe excitement or just not maybe being focused or something. But I yeah. I don't I'm not too worried about breakfast. No, Matthews.
1: no. I'm not either. I'm not either.
0: Anyway, guys, you've been listening to C T H podcast. Uh we are part of the Fanside Network. My name's Eric Heisman and this is Cody uh Cody Hogue. And we'll talk to you <laughs> next week. See y'all.